my gosh, I love this song. <laughs> Anybody want to sing? Lexi does. Not my snotty nose. Ooh, child. Ooh. Things are gonna get easier. <laughs> Good job. Ooh, yeah. Good job, Lexi. It's like that episode of Friends where she's real raspy and uh-huh. she thinks she's super good and then she gets child. better and she hates her voice. You know what? It's good to sing. Uh, whether you're good at it or not, it's, uh, it's very cathartic. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Everyone, uh, welcome to the podcast after the broadcast. Uh, I'm here with Diamond Gray, uh, Lexi Brinkley, Aviana Berrientos, and James West. We are talking about sexual boundaries in recovery from sexual trauma. James is an LPC intern and licensed chemical dependency counselor, has a master's of science in clinical mental health counseling, and practices sex therapy at Vantage Point Counseling here in Dallas, Texas. He works with survivors of sexual trauma and their partners to help them heal and connect. His uh, specialties are in trauma recovery, addiction recovery, and EMDR, that is eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. All right, James, let's get started here because- It's a pleasure uh, to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so sweet. It's a pleasure for you to be here, and I appreciate you being on the broadcast as well today. Yeah. Uh, And this is something that I feel is so important. So So many people have been violated. Their sexual boundaries have been violated. So let's just start with a a simple question. So for people that maybe have never had a sexual boundary crossed, what is a sexual boundary? So a sexual boundary is, it basically describes what we do and don't want to do sexually. Um, And that could be anything from touch to words uh, to a look. Okay. To even a look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think all people have probably experienced that. That's what I was about to say. Like, I don't think there's a single person that hasn't had a boundary crossed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine a person that hasn't had that happen to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would agree. I absolutely would agree. Because I think it's just going to happen, you know, and everyone's boundaries are different, right? Mm -hmm. So what might be okay for one person might not be okay for another person. Like, that's how you learn your boundary, too, is whenever... It's you feel like does get crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, you know. okay, now I know that's, that's not and what how I. You learn what people's boundaries are yeah. is uh, just by kind of trying things. Mm-hmm. And right. You put it out there and see how they respond, and right. um, it can be really confusing. I think, especially for men in our society and our culture, yeah, because um, they think that women like their boundaries being crossed in some way, or they don't even know that they're crossing a boundary right. is really the issue, right? And it's hard to tell the men, like, hey, you're really crossing a boundary right now. Yeah. But you don't want to put fear in men to just or women, to either either sex, you know, to to not be sexually um what do I want to say? Explorative. Explorative yeah. and creative. Yeah. And, you know, like um I don't know. But if you do it in a I don't know, I guess you have to be you have to know that person is open to that. Uh-huh. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to try this. Well, you need consent. Yeah. Try it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so so how do you know when is a boundary's been crossed? My, I think that you would immediately know, no matter what age you are, when you're, you listen to your gut and you feel uncomfortable. Is that the, like the first sign? Like that would, that would be like a red flag. If you feel uncomfortable, a boundary is being crossed. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and it's one of those things where um, a lot of times we're taught not to trust our gut. Especially, especially uh, children mm-hmm. are told, um, you know, don't cry or don't um, get your act together. You know, stop misbehaving. It's, it, they're being told uh, implicitly that the way that they're behaving is not okay, 
and it's not safe for them to be expressing themselves mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked live on the air about some personal stuff in my life. and I was just thinking about this as I was reading that you uh, specialize in trauma recovery, addiction recovery, and uh, EMDR, uh, but especially trauma recovery. So I, yeah. I don't know if I told you this on or off the air, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, was, I was nearly raped when I was 16 years old. Yeah. Um, by my my boyfriend's father's best friend. Mm -hmm. And I was silenced. I was never able to talk about it. Someone who's been silenced like that, how damaging is it to them? It depends. So, um, you know, I I think you've also expressed that uh, working through that didn't seem that hard for you, Mm -hmm. right? So um, that makes me think that you have a high tolerance and a high level of resilience. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, other stories you've told me about the adversities that you experienced mm-hmm. even before that, you know, you grew up really fast, like you've told me. Yeah, um, I did. And I think you were kind of ready to, you had you had boundaries mm-hmm. in place yeah. to protect yourself mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so whereas someone else who might not have had to grow up so fast is suddenly thrust into this moment. Well, by by the, by the standards, you know, forty years ago, yeah. But today's standards, no, I didn't. I actually grew up uh, a very fairy tale. You know, uh, is that but, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my mother and father were, were great parents. We were at home. Yes, we had a big family. But the wheels can come off the bus when you're mm. dealing with mental illness in any yeah. family. Yeah. You know, so grow up fast. Yes, I grow up fast in the sense that I had to take on, I felt like I had a responsibility at a very early age to protect my family. And I'm naturally by nature, it's just my nature to be very protective of people that I love. Um, I'm mm-hmm. the I'm the, the honey badger, you know. Well, maybe not the honey badger. <laughs> the mama bear. I'm the, I'm the mama bear. I'm yeah. the mama bear and a yeah. honey badger, kind of mixed all together like you... <laughs> You mess with me, I'm going to kick your ass. What is it? Honey Badger doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah Honey Badger doesn't. Well, yeah, and I guess that attitude has served me well. I've been in shootouts before and recovered from them, you uh-huh. know, and just made me stronger and made stronger. Made you a badass. Yeah. Made me a badass. That's right. So I can get on the so, air like this. for and- someone else that may not have had uh, those formative experiences that you did where you were, you had to really figure it out at a young age. Yeah. Um, and it, I think there's a combination of, like, you know, genetic factors and environmental factors that also help us in terms of how much resilience and tolerance for discomfort that we have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you don't have a whole lot of tolerance or resilience for that, um, or if you haven't been taught that, or if you just you didn't come out of the womb with that, um, it might be really hard for you to recover from that. And um, there are a lot of people out there who need extra help. Right. Well, I think everyone wants help. They just sometimes can't afford it or they're embarrassed. They don't know where to start. Uh, so so for hard someone, to ask for it. Even. Well, it is. It is. And so that's why I love what we do. I love what we're doing here right now mm-hmm. for someone who doesn't have, you know, the, the coin in their purse, you know, to put, lay it down for a therapist or doesn't even know where to begin or maybe is too embarrassed to broach the subject with, with someone that they feel safe with. Mm-hmm. So they're out there listening right now, this yeah. person. Okay. And they've been, they've had, they've experienced sexual trauma. What is the first thing? that the first steps that you want to give them as a specialist in this field to help them heal what can they do i think that so the survivor of trauma um needs to be really kind to themselves and and pay attention to that gut feeling what feels good what doesn't feel good really be honest with yourself um let listen to yourself listen to your body because your body is going to help you heal Right. Um, And I think, you know, it's not 
sex is not supposed to be painful, mm-hmm. I think, is or one of scary. the primary principles. It's yeah. supposed to be one of the most beautiful things on earth. You know, you're making me uh, think, uh, Diamond and I both, uh, Diamond recently uh, read the book, The Four Agreements. It's one of my favorite books. Good book. And I was, it is I a good book. I love that book. I do, too. And it's full of great advice. Um, and what, that, that you can't even, so the first thing I was thinking, don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're suffering um, and someone else hurts you, you can't take it personal, even though it feels like sometimes it's very personal, especially sexual. I would think in the case of sexual trauma, um, this uh, applies. You you take it very personal, but you really can't, can you, in order to heal? Well, I think it becomes you take that anger that you felt towards the abuser, the person that crossed your boundary, and you turn it inward. Um, that's that's a very normal response mm-hmm. to this kind of situation. Yeah. Um, and so don't take it personally. I would say um, really apply that to yourself. There's a lot of body hatred that can result from really people with sexual trauma. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, your body's not doing what you want it to. And that, that can be very really frustrating sad. and sad. It, wow. It's devastating. Um, and so as a result, what you need to, to heal is to you know, as I was saying, listen to your body, just let it, let it be uncomfortable. And if it's uncomfortable, maybe you, maybe it's okay to take a step back and really take your time. Um, and like really when it comes down to it, um, recovering from sexual trauma is going to be best. If you have an understanding supportive partner, um, that's going to accelerate things. Um, you know, someone who you're going to be okay saying, I don't, I want to stop and they're going to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be hard for them. They might feel ashamed. They might feel, um, you know, fr- sexually frustrated. But you're doing yourself and them a favor by paying attention to what you need. Well, I'm thinking of this fast-paced society that we live in. And that, and, and, and we were talking about dating on the show. Like, where do you get to a point where you feel... Because it would seem to me that you have to really cultivate a very close relationship with somebody in order to put your heart out there like that. Put your soul out there and say, hey, listen, I was sexually abused by my father, let's say. Well, that's why it can be so helpful to go right. to a therapist. Go to a therapist. You get it out. You, you heal yourself of that first. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, absolutely. I would say but, not first, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Go, go to a therapist with your partner yeah. and disclose what happened. Right. I mean, but for the part person out there, is, let's just say there's a person, there's a lot of people out there like this. Let's face it, at the end of the day, um, a, a huge percentage of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I used to be one of them. I used to count my change to pay my rent. There was no extra money for me for anything. To go to a couple's therapist. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the only reason I ended up in therapy is because I got a really good job with the state of New York. This is kind of funny, uh, in a way that I got a, a job in, uh, in family court. Okay, and you should he- see some of the cases that I saw. You want to talk about, you know, oh my gosh, all kinds of very disturbing things. I got a job with the state of New York and I got health insurance, like really good health insurance that actually paid um, for, uh, you know, psych- psychiatric help to help me with my anxiety disorder from, you know, the trauma that I suffered in my childhood from, see- ha- you know, living with a brother that was so, so mentally ill and so violent. And so I got very, very lucky. A lot of people don't have that luck. What do you say to them that aren't able to go? to a therapist what kind of advice like solid advice three steps that they can they can begin to start this healing process i would say first of all um you said be kind to yourself be kind to yourself yeah um if you can't seek therapy because you can't afford it um i want to challenge that i want to challenge that notion i want to look at what you got in your life are you paying for netflix you paying for hulu Mm. what what can fall off the the budget to make room for this because 
maybe developing a healthy sexual relationship is more important than your phone bill even at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more important than owning an iPhone. Maybe it's more important than your car payment even. Well, I don't even think you should be in a sexual relationship until you're healed. Why would you enter into a relationship when you're so damaged? How are you going to ever, you know what I'm saying? It's not your job to be, or it's not another person's job to fix you. You have it's to not. fix yourself but before is... you would enter into a relationship. Because what if a pregnancy was to result from that, from that relationship? And you bring a child into this mess that you haven't cleaned up yet from your childhood? Or, or, or your so adulthood whenever it happened. It I'm not judging. It might be unethical to do that. Yeah. It might be unethical what? To so bring a child bring into a child that into environment. That Absolutely, but it happens. Maybe. It happens. Sex happens. It does. Relationships, I mean, it happens to, I can tell you, as a woman, it happens. Sometimes you get pregnant when you least expect it. And, 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 and you know, and people sleep together too fast. They just do. And they, and they have a lot of sex, especially if there's a lot of chemistry, you know? They're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're having sex like animals at some point, you know? It really depends <laughs> on the situation here. I, I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to heal. Uh, I think that... Also, if you're if you're healing with your partner, it's not their job to make you heal. It, it is, you know, one's responsibility as in a, in a committed relationship to hold your partner accountable to heal. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I think it can be so helpful to bring your partner into it, even if you haven't healed yet. Yeah. To heal with them, not for them. Well, uh, um, you know, I'm no shrink, but I do read a lot and I um, and I've suffered a lot and yeah. I've overcome a lot. And so. Uh, this book, I just want to give a shout out to it called The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life uh, by Craig Ballantyne. And it just speaks volumes to me. There's one page in it. Um, uh, there's many pages in it, but this one in particular, I think um, could help a lot of people. And it's about um, when you give love to other people, it makes you feel better, even if it helps you to heal, you know, to help other people. Um, but it says the three most important things that we can do for one another are live by example, add value value and give love that our friends admire our family and the more time they spend with us the more they benefit we encourage without preaching we support without expecting anything in return and we give to those who we know um, will give back in their own way we are grateful every day for the life that we are able to live and I think for me when I read that it's very healing to me and and I'm not sexually uh, suffering from sexual trauma but I find those words very healing and so um you know, um, I, I, I think that there's a lot of different ways to heal yourself if yeah. you don't have the money. And there, there I know a, it's a perspective thing is a big part of it, too. Like you're saying, it's, yes. uh, maybe, you know, expressing gratefulness for the things that you have and that you've experienced yeah. that, that are good. Um, and that that's something that um, was really pow- powerful for me. I didn't go to therapy to begin my healing journey. I started with a meditation group. There you and, go. And um, I found myself able to really restory my life in terms of like, well, yeah, I've been through a lot of hardship. There are a lot of good things in there, too. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate those things. Yeah. I think meditation is a great suggestion. Uh, I know, you know, when I uh, when I used to uh, go into sensory deprivation, when I started floating and then I opened a drift float spa, I can't even tell you. It was like it was like an unbelievable experience to let all those, all that fear, all that, all that maybe, um, you know, um, self ridicule of things of like you blame your, I think it's typical when you, when you are a victim of sexual trauma, um, and, uh, you kind of blame yourself in some ways, don't you? Is that a very typical response for, Absolutely, it's like that self hatred for your body as well. It's all part of it is that, um, if, if someone has abused me, 
did I deserve that? Did I do something wrong? What well, did especially, I do to deserve that? Well, especially, you know, I, um, I, I was never, uh, I was never um, sexual trauma from like a family member, but you know the story um, that I was talking about um, uh, when I was 16. It was hidden. I had to be, I was silenced because it was something to be ashamed of. I had nothing to be ashamed of, but yeah. I was silenced. I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't attack myself, you know, and yet here I was in this, in this very shameful position where I had to hide it. I was, like I said, I was mm-hmm. silenced. Um, you were shamed into silence. Right. And so it, when, you, when, you, when you take the time to meditate, um, and f- I, that's a great time, a great experience, if you will, to forgive yourself and realize that you really were a victim. You had nothing to do with it. And the power of forgiving that person, and like I said, the four agreements, not taking it personal, are all tools that you can use. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to heal, I mean, it, we were talking about being kind, and that's a very meditative practice, right? Yes. It's, uh, it's noticing what your body is telling you. And, yeah. and really taking the time to just notice it and let it be what it is without so, judgment. Yeah, without judgment. Which is incredibly hard to do. It right? is. Oh, my it goodness. It takes practice. Yeah, it, it takes does. Practice. Uh, so many people are judgmental. And, you know, I think it's about um, asking yourself, what would you do? How would you behave if you were in that person's shoes? And there's so much to be grateful for. So much to be grateful for. There's so many people that truly are suffering, and we all suffer in different ways. We, like I said on the show earlier, we have we all have our cross to bear in life, and I think that's um, maybe by design from the universe, and that so we can all help each other in different ways to overcome some of the greatest obstacles that there are out there. Sexual trauma, in my opinion, being at the top of your list, especially if it's by someone that you're supposed to love and trust, like your father or your uncle or your brother or whoever, uh, it's very violating. So I want to, I want to, you know, kind of speak to the partners as well, those who are supporting someone who is a survivor of sexual trauma. Um, and that's a hard place to be in because uh, you want to help your partner heal and you also have your own sexual desire, your own sexual relationship. It's what do you do with that? You know, while your partner heals, they're they're struggling with being patient with themselves. Right. And they need you to be patient with them. So what can you do as the partner? I think is uh, it's really similar. Like, but I think there's an element of like, fostering your own sexuality that goes with that. Um, If I'm supporting someone through that, then I need to take care of myself. I can't expect my partner to be taking care of me in that way. It's not, it's never your husband or wife's job to fulfill you sexually. Right. Yeah. And all those people that I spoke of that have had, you know, trauma and they're, they're all married. They all have children. Um, And it's funny, my one friend, I told her, I said, have you ever talked about this with your husband? And she said, no. And I said, you should. You should. You should tell your husband how, he, he how you her? feel. Yeah. No, and it, it carries over in that she she's suspicious of all men, and as she should yeah. be after what she went through. She has Even good so, reason. Well, yes, absolutely. We, I mean, we all, we're all a products, a byproducts of our experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it, it even trickles over into, you know, how she feels about how she's got young children. Um, one of them is a daughter. Okay. And so how her husband interacts with her own child sometimes um, can be disturbing for this person that I'm speaking of. Yeah. Not that she doesn't trust her spouse, but there's certain things, I don't know, it triggers fear in her like, oh my gosh, you know, um, if, if my uncle did that to me, is my husband going to do that to our daughter? It's like it doesn't have any, any you know, um, you you know, know what I mean? Like uh, it induces a lot of fear. And it's, it's I think it's a good 
thing to be afraid of that too. And um, especially if you've experienced that, it we have this tendency as creatures to replay the trauma in our lives, right? right? So we might even find ourselves accidentally casting people that we love into those roles mm-hmm. without meaning to. Right. And that's why it becomes essential to heal from this and to talk to your partner about it so you can break that cycle. Yeah. Because if you don't talk about it, it's just going to fester. Like it is a wound yeah. that is not healed inside of you and it's going to come out sideways. You're going to, the yeah. way that you're, it's the patterns that we develop with one another come from a place of those, of trying mm-hmm. to heal from those wounds. Yeah. Well, you brought me to a place where um, I think we can end the show and put some, this is what, this is what my final thoughts are. Uh, for those of you out there um, that uh, like me had to count your change to pay your rent um, v- during difficult times in your life and you're out there and you're suffering for, for whatever reasons, traumas, that, uh, not just sexual trauma, any kind of trauma. Talk to a really good friend if you can't afford a therapist. That's but, a good idea. But start talking about it with Talk someone it. that you trust and ask them, you know, with all your heart, don't ever repeat it. This is very intimate. You know, this is a very intimate thing I'm sharing with you. Please don't ever There's share it. There's nothing better than getting it yeah, out. You got to get it out, though. You got to mm-hmm. talk about it. someone who's earned your trust. Right. Too. Yeah. I mean, it's very damaging. And I speak from experience because I did hold it in for many, many years. I was so embarrassed by it. Actually, the first time I ever talked about it was live on the air. I said it live on the air. What yeah. had happened to me? And it was it was the most therapeutic thing Very that I ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I didn't judge myself. I didn't hate myself anymore for it. It was just something that happened to me, um, but it did behoove me in so many different ways because now I have a greater understanding of humanity and things that they've gone through. So, and you did it through art. That's another great way to heal: yeah. is make art and share it with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, love doing this with you. Thank you so much, uh, James West. And do you want to put a contact out there for people that uh, want to contact you to speak with you? Yeah, you can reach me at 214-310-0417, extension 6. Can you say it again? 214-310-0417, extension 6. All right, James. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Uh, so great to have you in our in our One Life radio world. Everyone- it's always an honor. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.